Welcome to the Entrepreneur Escape Pod. I'm your host, Melissa Rittenhouse. Entrepreneur Escape Pod is for anyone interested in learning about the multitude of ways to create a career for yourself outside of a traditional nine to five, as well as anyone who is inspired to learn from others and take action towards their goals. In each episode, I interview a wide variety of people from entrepreneurs to artists to digital nomads so we can learn from them and expand our perspective on work in the digital age. I'll also share with you my thoughts on any newsworthy topics related to remote work, tech, digital entrepreneurship and more. If you're ready to feel inspired, let's dive into Entrepreneur Escape Pod. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Entrepreneur Escape Pod. I'm your host, Melissa. In this episode, I sit down with Marika Tamarian. She is the founder of Blossom and Love. It's a jewelry line. She's a flower preservation artist, so all of her jewelry contains real flowers. And uh, in this episode, we discuss Marika's recent success in her business, how she was able to take the business from a side hustle to a full-time business. We also talk a lot about what she's learned from selling at marketplaces and how that's helped influence her e-commerce business. Uh, We also talk about social media growth and networking and how networking is so important to new business owners and also um, just how what she's learned from her growth on social media, how it's changed her perspective on branding and marketing. So if you're someone who has a small business or is interested in starting a jewelry or fashion line, this is the perfect episode for you. And I hope you enjoy my interview with Marika. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Marika Tarian of Blossom and Love Jewelry. Thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, you look so cute. I love how your outfit, because I know these are your earrings that they you designed. Are. Yeah. yeah, my sunflower earrings. They're one of my newest items that I've been making nice. and found this cute little sunflower skirt this morning. So <laughs> yeah, I love the vibe. It looks so cute. Thank you. Cool. So um, how long have you been making jewelry for? And have you always had an artistic impulse? Were you always like a creative person growing up? So I think that as a kid, I always leaned towards art. I was definitely like quite the loner as a kid. I always just liked to be doing something by myself. I didn't really like going to school as a kid um, and always like drawing, painting, doing things like that, but never like professionally pursued any form of art. I grew up in New England, very traditional like family in a sense where you go to college and you go for like science or medicine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was just like following the traditional path. So I never realized that art was something that I could A, create a career out of and B, feel like my most authentic self with because nobody ever told me I could do that, you know? Yeah. Did you kind of have like that traditional path after high school of like going to college and then kind of entering the nine to five? I actually have a a degree in pre-med. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, And then after that, I was like, you know what? I really don't think healthcare is the direction I want to go in. Um, I was in my clinicals and spending 10 hours a day in a hospital was just not my vibe. Um, So I left school like five years in and I started managing a restaurant. And that's how I ended up in Las Vegas was the hospitality route because it was just second nature to me. I had always waitressed and bartended, things like that. And uh, it wasn't actually until COVID that I realized that I was an artist. I had time to sit down and do whatever I wanted to. And a friend came over with her resin kit. And that was my first introduction. So about two years ago now to this kind of art. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's like kind of a way you could create opportunity in the times of COVID. Because I know that's when a lot of people started businesses too. Exactly. It was really a time to like explore who you are if you had the ability to 
to do that. You know, everybody had a different situation in COVID. Luckily, I was one of those people that was able to just kind of ride it out pretty easily. Um, and I learned so much about myself in that time. Yeah. Um, and this was just my hobby, you know, side gig, hustle, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the side, just going to markets here and there. Fan, uh, family, friends, things like that, buying jewelry. And then uh, it wasn't until I actually got fired from my last job <laughs> that I took it full time. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of the universe giving me the kick in the butt that I needed to say that you're ready for this and just do it. So Yeah, for sure. And you kind of mentioned that you got into doing the resin art in 2020. So what's, you know, when did you really kind of get further into that? Was it just your friend introduced you and then you started doing it yourself? And then what's your creative process like? Yeah. So when I first started with resin, I was just making like very simple things in um, like molds um, using like sparkles and Mm -hmm. stupid things that I could find around my house. And then I was like, hey, I've always loved flowers. I've seen people preserve flowers before like this. I should give that a shot. Um, and I actually have my mom's flower press from like, oh gosh, it's probably at least 20 years old. (laughs) So I still use her flower press and I've also got my other methods for drying flowers. Um, but yeah, I realized that the flower jewelry was kind of very authentically me. Um, and I just started to roll with it and it truly was like the right path for me. Cause I feel like once you find that thing that is for you, opportunities fall into your lap. And whether mm-hmm. you take them or not is up to you. Yeah. But once you're on your path, things just start coming to you, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then um, where do you find some of the flowers that you use for your jewelry? And is there anything in particular you look for? Like, do you kind of have an idea of what you want to create? Or are you sort of like get ideas when you're looking at things? I, I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to just like be my mother nature self and forage around and, and pick as much as I can. Uh, My apartment complex luckily has like dozens of different kinds of flowers in it. Um, But then things like orchids, um, the sunflowers, things that I don't find naturally growing around here. I will pick up at local florist shops and things like that. But yeah, a lot of the times I see something. If I think it's pretty, I'll try it. It doesn't always work. I'm not going to lie. Like This is a lot of trial and error because I don't have much of a reference for this kind of art. I wouldn't say I'm like pioneering anything, but I would say that like there's nobody doing what I'm doing right now um, in the flowers that I'm using. So, yeah. And I was going to say, too, it must be unique in Las Vegas to look for flowers because there's not a lot that grows like naturally here. Oh, nothing grows naturally here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you do like if you go take a walk out in Red Rock or just like a, a desert hike in general, you'll find daisies, you'll find little wildflowers, things like that. Um, all of the parks around here have flowers. Um, and then, like I said, just like landscaping flowers, um, oleander flowers are probably my one of my most used flowers. Mexican bird of paradise. These are all landscaping yeah. flowers that are just everywhere around us. So might as well use what's at my, my natural resources, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then um, what are some sources of inspiration for you? Like, is it other artists or music or what, what really inspires you? Um, I don't know. I feel like when I create something new, I usually, I'm not gonna lie, I like wake up with ideas in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I like dream about it, but I definitely wake up and I'm like, oh, like I've got this idea and I need to like make it into something that's real. Um, I wouldn't say I have a specific inspiration. It's more or less just trying something new and trying to think outside the box from things that I've already seen. Mm-hmm. There are tons of resin artists out there. There are tons of flower preservation artists out there. So I want my art to be different than theirs, but also 
like very much authentically me. Everything that I make, I would wear myself. And that's kind of how I run my business. Yeah, that's such a good way of thinking about it. Because I've heard like actors say similar things where it's like they want to be in stuff that they themselves would see. And do you kind of feel too, like now that you've sort of gone down this like more creative path, like do you feel like you have like your creativity is like opened up in a way and it's like ideas just kind of like flow more and more? Totally. And to the 30-day challenge that I just did, opened so many ideas of what is possible in my business, what's possible to create, um, different flowers to use, things like that. And I felt like sitting down every day and forcing myself to create something new, whatever I was feeling in the moment, led to so many more ideas in my head of what's possible out there. Um, And I feel like every day my dream for my business just grows bigger and bigger. Like, I don't know what the end goal is yet, but I know it's going to be big. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. And then let's, I, I guess, dive into the 30-day challenge a little bit. Like, tell us a little bit about it because you just completed it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, what were some uh, expectations that you had maybe going into it? And then what were some things that you learned that surprised you? Honestly, going into it, I didn't have too many expectations. I know that routines are really healthy for people and I am not great at them. Um, So I wanted to try and force myself into more of a routine in the morning um, and also just put my passion first. Like my life revolves around this business. I feel like I don't work a job anymore that I just live a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to yeah, just grow not only as a person, not only in my business, mental health wise is really important. Doing something every day that made me feel fulfilled and accomplished throughout the day um, was really the goal of it. I think the final product, I realized that the inspiration that I was giving to people was the end goal. Like having people reach out to me and tell me that they were so inspired by my story that they wanted to start their own 30-day challenge or seeing their progress in their 30-day challenge and saying, like, having them come to me and just say thank you for inspiring me to do this um, really helped me, I think, open up what I want to do with my business and not only just sell product, but in a sense, coach people to be able to feel the way that I feel right now in the lifestyle that I live. Because anybody can do this and everybody can feel this way, feel successful. And so like in themselves, who they want to be, their goal person. If you're not there yet, I want to help you get there. You know, it's possible for everybody. For sure. And do you feel like that's through maybe like a more creative outlet or like more entrepreneurial or maybe both? I think every person is different. Yeah. And for me to tell you what's best for you, there's no way for me to know, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have that artistic ability or if that's not what you find yourself passionate about, it's not for you, right? But the mindset of what I train myself to think and how I think is the important part of it. But you can take that and apply it to any, whether it's a business, art, it could be something physical, um, like working out, yoga, things like that. Whatever you want to do to better your life, I think that this stuff can apply to in any way. Nice. And then um, what are some things that, well, okay, you mentioned too how you sell a lot at marketplaces. Mm -hmm. So you have like an e-commerce business and you sell at marketplaces. But um, what do you think someone who has an e-commerce business already can maybe learn from selling at a marketplace if they're not already doing that? Um, I love markets because of the physical interaction with people. Um, I'm also able to tell my story better 
and explain my products better in person rather than just through a picture and a brief description, you know, um, just connecting with people on a different level. And yeah, you just meet really cool people at markets. <laughs> yeah. How did you like first get involved with markets? How did you find out about it? Or like, did you, did you kind of learn about just kind of happened to stumble upon it or did someone reach out how did that happen yeah um I think that this is really important I get a lot of people messaging me about you know how did you start your business how did you find your mentor how did you um find your markets and it really does take work and nobody came to me and just offered me a position anywhere I was on social media hunting around through small businesses I was meeting people and just taking the leap of faith and just applying to something and, and going to check it out. Um, so my first market was actually back in New Hampshire. Um, I moved home to Boston for a year during COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely not the best experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be back in Vegas. Yeah, But it is really where I got my business started. Um, I knew a girl that was running a local market and I happened to just walk past it on a random day in downtown um, Somerville in in Massachusetts. And uh, I was just in love. I was like the energy here, the people, the vendors. I was like, this is so cool. And her next one didn't happen for another like three or four months. It was seasonal. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to find something else. And I stumbled upon another girl hosting a market in New Hampshire and it was super small. Like, yeah. I think maybe 30 people showed up to this market. <laughs> and I still managed to make, like, $400. Oh, wow. Granted, like, 100 of that was for my mother. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just a sign to me. My first time ever really selling my product. And it was an overwhelming, to me, response. Yeah. I know $400 isn't a lot of money. But to, to sell 10, 15, 20 items, your first time ever putting your art out there, it was just very fulfilling to me and like knowing that I was doing something I was supposed to be doing. Yeah, for sure. I, especially too, if it's not a big market, it means like, oh, wow, like people really liked this. I yeah. would think. And then um, have you noticed like a difference between maybe like the East Coast markets and the ones in Vegas at all? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're definitely bigger out here because this is a tourist area. Um, but even when I was in Boston, I mean, there'd be live music and fun things and activities during the markets, uh, kinds of people that show up to these markets typically love to purchase from small businesses, local artists, things like that. I wouldn't say I notice a big difference between the markets, Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that I love the markets out here in Vegas. Yeah. It's just something about like the energy downtown in that Ferguson's area, if you've ever been down there, it's just my absolute favorite area to hang out in Vegas. There's always just good people, good energy, good food, good drinks, you know? Yeah, for sure. I've I've been there during like the market there and it's, yeah. it's really fun. It's definitely like a lot of, a lot of people and like a good energy for sure. Tons of people and it's in a tourist area. People are just walking around, you know? So it's a lot easier to have a thousand people walk through a venue instead of having to invite personally everyone that they have to know where it is. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people just end up at the market and they're like, oh, I had no clue this was going on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And would you say it was like the markets really where the process of growing your business started? Because was there like a specific moment when it kind of went from like, oh, this is a hobby to like, oh, I could really turn this into a business? Um you know, prior to, I would say, January of this year, mm-hmm. in December, I had a couple videos go pretty viral on Instagram, and I gained, um, I would say, around 10,000 followers in December. And I was like, oh, I think I've got something good here. And then in January, 
complete drop off of all sales. I don't wow. think I got a single order in January. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like kind of defeated with it. But I was like, you know what? The holidays just passed. Let's just keep trucking forward. I still had a full-time job at that point. And like I said, I got fired from that full-time job. They literally called me on Monday morning, 8 a.m., literally as soon as they could on 8 a.m., and said, your department's closed. You have no job, no severance, nothing. You're done. Wow. And I was like, (laughs) okay, well, we're doing it now. Yeah. There was nothing in me that wanted to go find another full-time job. There was no part of me that wanted to do applications and all this other stuff because I had so much confidence in myself that I knew that I could make it with this business. That's awesome. And that's kind of a cool story too, where it's like, um, I guess, because I've been thinking a little bit about like how people who have full-time jobs, couldn't they benefit from like making money online or a side hustle? And then it's like, yeah, you never know if something Mm -hmm. happens. Um, Then you have like at least kind of another stream of income or something you can like push grow even more, you know? And that's the scary part about now is I don't have the side hustle. It's just all on me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But to be honest with you, I am one of those people that my entire life has struggled from, I would say, pretty severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. And there is no pit in my stomach. There is no anxiety when when it comes to like my business. I totally feel like I'm on the right path, no matter if it's an up or down. Like there's definitely weeks where I don't sell as much as I would like to. I might get in my head and be like, oh, you know, do I need to get another job? But I really, there's nothing in me that feels like I'm on the wrong path right now. If anything, more things are falling into my lap now than they ever have in my entire life. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Um, and would you say like, has how is like you were talking a little bit earlier about like mindset work? How mm-hmm. does that kind of play into that? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a community around you. Mm-hmm. Um, doing things by yourself is really hard and it's really lonely, you know? Um, I go to a couple women networking events, which is where I met you at. Yeah. Um, and from those events have met certain people that have guided me um, in different aspects of my business. Um, one woman, her name's Ati, is a mindset coach. And she's helped me a lot with like, just keeping my mindset strong, I guess, and her advice. Um, I have a business mentor that we work together and I learn how she runs her business. She's a small business owner in town, um, which I'm actually hopefully going to be working out of her shop soon on a part-time basis and also selling my jewelry in her shop, which I'm really excited about. Um, So yeah, big things to come. I think that mindset is ultimately up to you. I've had a lot of sales jobs that I've given like tons of mindset training from. I've worked with some of the top selling sales professionals in some industries. Um, I came from the solar industry, which is extremely high intensity sales, like knocking doors, you know, (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Working with people in, I sold timeshare. Um, You know, both of those are, you learn a lot about psychology and different people like YouTube series to listen to for mindset. Um, so I've definitely got like that, that basic, I don't know, education when it comes to like the sales mindset. Yeah. And that's really transferred over into like running the business. Nice. And I think it probably helps to get rid of some of that, like anxiety of people saying no when you do things like solar and timeshare. Cause you're probably, especially if you're doing like door to door, it's like, you Mm -hmm. probably get used to like, at least some people saying no right off the bat. It was so hard (laughs) because all these jobs I was good at, right? I made great money in all of them. I was always, I wouldn't say like the top sales rep, but I was in the top 10% usually. You know, I was doing a great job, especially for a female in a male-dominated industry. 
But the entire time I hated my life. I hated every (laughs) second of it. And they come to you and they're like, you're so good at this. You just need a better mindset. You need a stronger mindset. And the entire time I was just thinking, you're so wrong. (laughs) It's not my mindset that I need help with. It's my environment. Yeah. I have a strong mindset. I'm just not doing something that I love to do and feel fulfilled by. I felt like I was ruining people's lives, putting solar on their house, (laughs) like just not great companies. And yeah, it wasn't my mindset that was wrong. I truly believed that it was just my environment and the place that I was, was not the right place for me. Yeah. And I definitely think that's a really important thing for people to keep in mind too. Cause I feel like sometimes maybe when people don't feel really satisfied with their job, it's like, maybe it is just like, you don't really believe in like what you're selling yeah totally (laughs) you know and not that I didn't believe in it yeah solar is great I I believe that it does help people but there was just something in me that was like I'm not authentically doing this Mm -hmm. even though I know I'm good at it and I'm making the best money I've ever made in my life something just doesn't feel right still yeah and I had a manager at my solar job when I was trying to tell him about like the anxiety that I was going through Um, told me to never say the word anxiety to him again, to only ever call it excitement. (laughs) And it's just like such a, yeah, it just messes with your mindset even more because you're like, you're not listening to me. You're, I was like, I need help. I was going through the, like the hardest period of my life. And he told me to disregard my feelings. Yeah. And after he said that, I was like, this is not the place for me. You clearly don't understand what I'm trying to say to you. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, the, definitely I think like how you feel with the people you work with is very important. And yeah, yeah. it was just manipula- manipulation to sell more. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have anxiety. You're just excited to go <laughs> knock the next door. It's like, no, and it's not what I was feeling. Yeah. It just wasn't in the right place. For sure. And then you talked a little bit about networking mm-hmm. earlier. Um, what Do you have any advice for people who maybe are starting a side business or just to want to network more? Like, what are some good ways to find networking events? How do you network with people like any tips for that or networking if you are someone who has anxiety networking can be done anywhere you don't have to pay to go to an event you don't have to do anything crazy to like find the people I feel like people come into your life as you need them and whether you choose to see the opportunity and ask them a question and start the conversation is is up to you right Mm mm-hmm being scared to do something, you don't know what the outcome is going to be, right? The outcome is never what you actually, like, you think beforehand. And so I would just say, just do it. Um, Go to a shop that inspires you. Go to, for me, for small businesses, go to a market that inspires you. Find a vendor and say, hey, how did you start doing this? Um, I don't know. It's just like whatever your niche is, whatever inspires you, find somebody in that field that is amazing at what they do and ask them questions. Yeah, for sure. And then do you see like a difference between like networking with people online versus in person? Totally. Online is really hard. And I feel like a lot of people online are looking to just receive something and not give as well. And I think part of networking is not just asking questions, but also like, how can I help you as well? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not just take, 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 like you got to give a little bit back in order to receive too. Um, So I think that having gratitude for those people that you meet and saying, hey, do you mind if I give you a shout out on here or just something to also boost them up is the best way to network yourself because you're also giving them something too, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like it's 
uh, give and take type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess kind of too, like, so you mentioned in December, you grew a large social media following. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned through that experience in terms of like growing on social media? Has that changed your perspective on marketing and digital marketing in particular? Totally. I hated social media before <laughs> I had this business. Yeah. I posted maybe once a month before this, like just a nice picture here and there. Um, I'm very grateful for it. Don't get me wrong, but it is all consuming. Mm -hmm. It's not just posting a picture, making a comment. It's a full-time job on top of your job to do it right, at least, right? Mm -hmm. And the amount of followers that you have does not relate to the amount of sales that you have, you know? And I think that when I went super viral in that moment, I had tons of orders and everything was feeling amazing. But then I realized it doesn't just stay up there. It takes a lot of work to have the consistency of constantly being viral. It, yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you can just have one post that does amazing. You get a, a thousand followers from it and you're like, oh, I'm feeling great about it. But then you don't make any sales and you're like, what am I doing wrong? So I think it, again, social media is one of those platforms that you have to give back more than you, you ask for. Mm -hmm. um, people don't like to follow you if you're just constantly saying, buy my product, buy my product. You have to be giving them something too that makes them feel a certain way to want to then be like, I want to support you. Yeah. And then what would you say, like, have you learned in terms of like growing, uh, growing an account for followers as a brand and then making more sales as a brand? Like, um, is there a dis difference in type in terms of like at least the type of content you post or how frequently or like any kind of different strategy? I'm going to be honest. I have no clue what I'm doing. On social media. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm doing something right, obviously, uh -huh. but um, I, I feel like I just post what I feel like is good. Um, I try and follow trends as best as I can in using the sounds and the captions that I'm supposed to be using. But every single step in posting something is important. Like if you miss one step, you, you screw up the whole thing. And so it's a lot of work to sit down and be like, okay, I want this kind of content to be put out. I want this kind of sound to go with it and hoping that something comes in return. And then sometimes it just flops. I really don't understand it. Yeah. So. I would say that's something to find a mentor in if you're looking to go the social media route. Mm -hmm. I didn't do this alone. Like I have so much help from people, whether it's photographers helping me with like my aesthetic of my pictures, social media managers to help me with what kinds of reels to create, what kinds of content to put out, things like that. I have help. I don't do it all myself. And I think that if you're looking to start your business, ask for help. You don't have to do everything yourself. Like there's so many people out there that want to see you succeed and you really do have to put money into your business and invest in yourself for it to grow. Yeah, totally. And I think having people, getting help from people is really important because mm -hmm. like one, I think a lot of times too, just having that accountability yeah, <laughs> can help. Totally. Yeah. Or like, are you were saying too, with the 30 day challenge, like having that routine can yeah. be really helpful. And then always like having people you could reach out to for advice is great as well. So you don't yeah. feel like you're always like just kind of like guessing at what works. Definitely. And yeah. I have had so many people help me. Like I know that my success is the result of me and the effort that I put in, um, but it's not solely just me. Like I wouldn't have been able to get to this point without asking the questions that I did, without consulting the people that I that I found um, and getting business advice, things like that. I've never run a business before. This is all brand new to me. Yeah. And I'm definitely not like an expert. I'm still probably doing stuff not the best way, but I'm just making it happen. You learn every day. 
And that's all you can do is do something better every day. For sure. And then um, what would you say too, like, because because you have that experience, like going to marketplaces and interacting mm-hmm. with people in real life, um, have you, what would you say is the difference between when you interact with customers in real life versus like through your e-commerce store or, or digitally on social media? Um, I mean, I get a lot of comments and praises on social media, mm-hmm. um, but I don't feel like those people know me as much as the people that I meet at the markets. Um, so I would just say it's it's straight connection and and telling my story that really draws them into my table. I've had people come up to me and say, like, I only came to your table because I could feel your energy. Really? <laughs> and it's like the best compliment to me that yeah. I'm putting such good energy out there that it's drawing people to me. Um, yeah, I think it's a higher quality of of client that you find in person versus online for sure. Oh, that's interesting. Cause like, I mean, I could definitely see that because you have the opportunity to like interact with them more. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a lot of times in e-commerce, like you really don't see them or talk yeah. to them sometimes. Yeah. And I like to remember my customers as well. I like to get to know them, their names, who they are. Um, and that's how you build relationships with people to keep them coming back, not just for one sale, but for multiple sales, you know, yeah. online, I feel like sometimes you can just send them one item and, and that might be it. But when you see people at markets multiple times in a row and you really start to get to know them in the community and they get to know you, it's just a better relationship for everybody. For sure. And do you think it too, when, you know, when people say things like they came because they felt your energy, mm-hmm. that that kind of feeling can be sort of translated digitally, like through your website, yeah. social media? It definitely can. And I just yeah. redid my entire website too, for this specific reason. Like I wanted to convey a really bright, fun, vibrant energy. I love like the powerful woman vibe of the seventies, like flower mm-hmm. power, just like go against the grain kind of feeling. And um, so that's what I really wanted to put out with my new website. I hope that when you go onto it, you you really feel that and see that. Um, A lot of things that I like to talk about on my social media is jewelry and accessories are conversation starters, right? Mm -hmm. When you see somebody with cool jewelry on and you go and you say, I love your earrings. And instead of saying, thank you, you say, oh, they're real flowers. And now you've got a conversation going. They're like, what? That's a real flower? And now you can keep going with it. And I think it's amazing to give somebody a conversation piece, not just another piece of earring, you know? Yeah. And one thing too that I learned kind of when I was, I interviewed someone who was a sustainable fashion advocate and Mm -hmm. she was talking about accessories and how through accessories, you can kind of dress up like one outfit multiple different ways. And I was like, wow, that's pretty true. And I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. And it gives you personality too. Mm -hmm. Like everybody can put a t-shirt and jeans on, but if you put a t-shirt and jeans on with a fun floral belt and some big Mm -hmm. bulky earrings, now you're a conversation piece. Now people want to ask you, you know, where did you get that? Um, You you know, it's, it's just a different vibe when you add the accessories on and really give yourself that personality to make you different than everybody else, you know? For sure. And then, um, oh yeah. Okay. So um, I was going to say, like, do you, th- I guess, kind of along the lines of networking, do you think there's benefits to networking with people in real life for uh, businesses who are exclusively online, like just e-commerce totally. or influencers or things like that? Yeah. And doing it in different places too, not just in your home city, but once you do start branching out, I mean, my online orders, I do order, I mean, people from around the world have ordered for me, which is incredible to know that I've reached other countries, you yeah. know, but being in person and if you meet one person locally and then maybe you go do a market 
um, in San Diego and you meet somebody there. And then you do a market in Arizona and you meet somebody there. And now you have connections in all of these states around you to grow your brand, not only in your home city or state, but throughout surrounding areas as well. Um, yeah, I think that doing in-person ones, especially in other areas, it's it's so valuable. Cool. Yeah, I was going to ask about that too. Like, do you, have you done other areas besides like Vegas and the East Coast or do you have plans on like traveling and doing different markets? So I moved back to Vegas in October. So I'm coming up on my one year being back here now. Um, I didn't do any traveling for markets because I really was just getting my feet on the ground here. Um, I've only been full-time with the business for about like three months now. Mm -hmm. So it's still pretty new. Uh, One thing I have learned though Markets in Las Vegas in the summer are not fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's so hot. It's so hot here. It's miserable. Nobody yeah. comes out. So if anything, I'm putting money out of my pocket to pay for the market mm-hmm. and not making the money back. So um, learning, right? Yeah. Um, next year, my goal is to spend the summer going to other places. So um, California, like doing San Diego, um, things like that. Maybe L.A., Mm-hmm. Where it's still warm, but it's tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> and There's an ocean breeze, at least. <laughs> exactly. And then being able to branch out that way. But in due time, I feel like I have other things on my plate that I'm working on right now. Um, I've got Life is Beautiful coming up. So oh, my first, really? Yeah, my first music festival that I'm vending at. Oh, that'll be so cool. I'm so pumped. I'm going to create a whole experience in my booth. I want to have like a little photo station where you can come buy your jewelry, put it on, and then take a cute picture and oh, just cool. like really put my name out there and yeah, give give people a good time, good vibes, you know? Are you creating any special pieces for that vending event? Um, I haven't specifically made anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I make so many new things on a regular basis that I, I don't even know how much I'm going to have to stock up. Like, Because <laughs> there's hundreds of thousands of people that come to this event. Yeah, that's a huge one. I've never done anything this big before. So it truly is just going to be a learning experience from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to have Tons of things that you can just put on there. So belts, hats, earrings, things like that. Um, But I haven't like made a life as beautiful piece yet. I'll definitely keep it in my mind of things to make soon though. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask too, do you ever make like custom pieces for people? um, If they're like, hey, I really want to use these kinds of flowers. And I don't know if someone has ever come to you, approached you with a custom idea. Yeah, people approach me all the time with custom ideas. I'm not going to lie. A lot of the time it's flowers that I just don't have access to. So I'm Mm -hmm. not able to do it. But yeah, I love doing custom pieces. Um, You know, I've thought about doing like wedding pieces. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people purchase my jewelry for their weddings. Oh, cool. Um, So maybe doing like a wedding line, like the white orchids that I do um, just specifically for events for people. Yeah. But I'm always open to doing something new. And that's why the 30-day challenge was also great. I got to dry new flowers, use them in resin, um, and see how they worked in the resin. Not all of them worked well, but I learned a lot throughout it. So I'm always open to customs. It just depends what you're looking for, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, And then uh, what's one lesson that your business has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some Mm. point in their life? To believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've ever done something that is— for me and not just like, because I think it's a good job. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know, or I didn't believe that I could run a business myself. I was like, oh, I'll just go the easy way, work for somebody else. You know what I mean? But perseverance, like just because something doesn't work the first time doesn't mean it's not going to work ever. And I'm just really trusting myself for the first time. And 
I feel like I'm finally like doing what's best for me. So trust yourself. And um, just because you fail the first time doesn't mean it's always going to be a failure. Like you just got to learn from it, keep growing and keep trucking along. Nice. Um, Um, And then I guess uh, last but not least, what are some goals for Blossom and Love, your jewelry business? And what are you most excited about working on for the future? Oh, gosh. So... Again, this is back to the, like, I don't know how high to set my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> as high as you want. You as know? high as you want. And yeah. I feel like every time I set that goal, I'm hitting it faster than I, I thought I would. And I guess moving forward, I always say, like, what I manifest is I want to be a whole ass vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want people to look at me and be like, oh, I want to be like her. I, I want to inspire your outfits, your accessories, your lifestyle. Um, I just want to be a figure that, yeah, puts good energy out into the world and helps you have a better day, helps you achieve your goals. (laughs) For sure. Cool. Well, um, thanks so much for joining me today. It was so awesome to talk to you. Um, Let everyone know uh, where they could find you, where they could purchase your jewelry. Yeah. um, Instagram is blossom.and.love. That's where um, I post most of my new stuff. Uh, Blossomandlove.com is my website. I've got tons of amazing items on there right now. All of my hats are one of a kind. Um, and I've got tons of earrings for my 30-day challenge still up and available for you guys. But yeah, thanks for listening. And this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Thanks for jo- thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Entrepreneur Skate Pod. I'm your host, Melissa. You could find us on Instagram at Entrepreneur Skate Pod, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Melissa underscore Rittenhouse. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Entrepreneur Skate Pod. Don't forget to check in with us next week for an all new episode. For more information on our guest, please go to the podcast description of this episode. Also, don't forget to check out clips and updates on our next guest on our Instagram at Entrepreneur Skate Pod. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Melissa underscore Rittenhouse and check out my website at MelissaRittenhouse.co. Thanks and see you next week.